Uh, Chase, do I sound wiser to you? No. But do I sound a bit more refined to you? Mm, no. Okay. <laughs> um, do I sound like somebody who has survived probably the best game gaming year of his life, but also one of the worst years for the world? Mm. Do I sound like somebody like that? I mean, it, it's a mix of haggard. Like, obviously, you went through some hell, but there's... Like the guy from Harry Potter? No. No, not like that oh. at all. <laughs> um, oh. Uh, like Merle. Mr. Mr. Merle. <laughs> um, but, I mean, there's, there's this tinge of optimism in there of like, hey, guys, it's 2018, so... Things could get better. It's twenty. It's twenty eighteen, aka the year in Chase's gaming history, aka twenty eighteen could be better than twenty seventeen. I mean, part part of me wants to say, well, it couldn't get any worse, and and I just don't know if that's actually true. I uh, listen. I'd rather be cynical. Whatever at podcast this you're listening to, ours is bigger and works better. It's that's all you need. It to might know. be longer for sure. Longer. <laughs> Welcome to the Casual Hour. Uh, my name is Bobby Pease. I am the host of this endeavor. Alongside me, as always, is Mr. Chase Kinnicky. Chase, how are you? This is really how we're going to start 2018, is it? This is 2018? <sighs> yeah, okay. Well, we're back. We, we were on a break there. Uh, we, we had... We were on a break. <laughs> we saw we saw it to our families. We, we ate a lot of food. We... I played a good amount of games. I played some games that I haven't played before. That's that's kind of nice. But uh, yeah, I, we're, it's it's 2018. Things could probably be better, and maybe they'll hey, get better. Who knows? We're we are starting off the year on the right foot here. We have taken some time to to continue the exhale. We we talked about that in our previous episode, which seems so far away. I mean, heck, it was last year. Um, whenever. Whenever we last recorded. It's such a bad joke. <laughs> we are firing on all cylinders here at the podcast tonight. Um, we are the Casual Hour. We are a video game podcast that once a week tells you about the games that we've been playing. And a little bit of fun stuff that happens at the end. A topic, a story, uh, lamenting. However you want to look at it. We are two guys that love to bring you our thoughts on video games every week. And this week, no dreams, no dreams. This episode, could, this could be a dream. That no, it would probably qualify as a nightmare if that if that were Fair true. Enough. Oh boy, Chase, you you have you've been busy in a lot of ways. You've been exploring uh, the Midwest where we're located. <laughs> Uh, not recently. Like I've been exploring a lot of my apartment in the last week or so. <laughs> um, oh, because it's been negative fucking degrees outside. Yeah, that's a very good solid point. But uh, yeah, I was I was in Illinois seeing some family. I went back home to Mid Missouri, and now I'm back in St. Louis. So I've I've gone around a little bit for sure. Um, now you you were kind of unplugged there for a minute with this, correct? Uh, like you were without. Consistent internet. Yes, I, I was away from my big consoles. I was away from uh, some internet. I, I had okay internet in Illinois, but yeah, when I go back go back home to Mid Missouri, it's just it's the internet there was so bad that I told my parents to just get rid of it. Like you guys just use your phones for it anyway, so 
there's there's yeah. no reason for it. Um, so yeah, I I've I've been somewhat off the grid, I guess, which just means I'm playing more handheld games, which is fine by me. Of course, the the handheld games guy is gonna not have a problem with playing more handheld games. Plus, uh, I don't know if you have one of these systems, but uh, it's called the Nintendo Switch, and it's actually really handy uh, to play when you're not around a television. Do tell. Yeah, I, well, actually, I haven't played that much Switch, but it, it's nice that I have it. <laughs> uh, it actually came in yeah. super handy for, for uh, Christmas this year. I... Like on a lark, I thought, well, my my family, extended family, is not the most tech savvy group uh, of people in the world. Uh, especially not my parents; they are maybe the worst. But uh, I I decided let's give one of these Jackbox party packs uh, a shot. Like let's let's download one of these things. They're always fun to watch on streams. Uh, maybe I could get my family to uh, to play one of these. So before, before I went to Illinois, uh, some of my family came to meet me here in St. Louis, and then we were all going to drive over together. So I had them in my apartment. We had a spare half hour. And I said, guys, can, can I just try something with you? I want to I see if this is fun at all. If it's not, totally fine. But if it is fun, like maybe I would take this with me when we go to Illinois. Like, yeah, okay, sure. And I said, okay, it's, it's a video game. And immediately everyone's like, ah, okay. I'm like, now take out your phones. And, and what? What are you talking about? And I loaded up Jackbox Party Pack. And there was definitely some bumps in the road initially. I had to help everybody uh, get, sure. get connected to my Wi-Fi. Which, What's a Safari? Yeah, it's not that far off, honestly. Um, but, but got everyone online, got them all onto jackbox.tv and and kind of got them into the game. I, I bought the Jackbox Party Pack 2 because uh, it had Fibbage and Quiplash, and I think both of those games yep. are fantastic, and it's the only pack. Are those pack. on other, other packs? Um, in, individually? Individually, yeah. Like Fibbage is a big yeah. one for them. I think that's in maybe 1 and 2 and 4, the newest one. Yeah. And Quiplash, I think, might be in two of them. Maybe it's only in one of them. Uh, but there are other games in the party packs that I like a lot. I like TKO, um, faking it seems to be kind of fun. Uh, there, there are other ones that I'd like to play, but two seemed like this, you know, Fibbage and Quiplash is probably, probably the two that I could get my family to play. So let's try those. And yeah, those are the best. And we played a game of Fibbage, uh, in my apartment. And this was just with four people. And, Again, there were some stumbles of people not understanding how the game systems work, even though I think the they do. Jackbox does a pretty solid job of telling you what to do at any one time, having the information right. available to you. And I think really the only issue is not being sure when you should look at your phone versus when you should look at the TV. I had some family members who were, were always looking at their phone and then always looking at the TV and never... You got to you got to switch between right. there's there's some things going on here, but uh, they, they started to catch on. And this is actually the first time I played them myself. I've, I've only watched them. Uh, but we had a pretty good time with Fibbage and and it worked out. And 
they everybody ended up saying, "Yeah, you should bring this with you to Illinois." And I, I thought, "All right, cool. We'll we'll play it one night. We, we might play a few games and then and then move on to other things." My family plays a lot of games, but none of the the video game variety. Uh, now, can you use the Joy Cons? In this at all, or is it only going to be in the smartphone? Uh, you, you only use the Joy-Cons to pick the game uh, and to go through some okay. menus, but once you get into the yeah. game, it's all phones. Because I've, I've played this setup on a PlayStation, so I just, I'm just i assuming it's probably very similar to that, yeah. just with like a, a DualShock and then the smartphone. Yep, totally. Uh, my, my only issue that I had is that the power-saving mode was on for my Switch, and I didn't want to turn that off, uh, but it meant that it, it would sometimes dim the lights uh, on the switch and I would have to hold a Joy-Con in my hand just to kind of keep it, keep it lit up. Uh, but that, but that wasn't a problem at all. So we played it one night and I thought, okay, we'll we'll get maybe a couple games out of this and we'll want to switch over to something else. And we played another game of Fibbage and that went really well. And then they wanted to play another game of Fibbage and that went really well too. And then I said, okay, you guys want to try this other one called Quiplash? Yeah, okay, we're having a good time. Let's let's try Quiplash. And they really like Quiplash. And yeah, Quiplash was awesome. all we did was just bounce between those two games for the rest of the break. <laughs> it was it was incredible. <laughs> they that's, how... that's all they wanted to do. Like I got to the point where I was getting tired of playing these and of like we we don't need to play another one. People could go home or or people can go to bed if they want. And like, no, 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 we're gonna play a couple more of these. I'm like, okay, well, I guess we're, I guess we're doing that. I, ironically enough, that is how I rang in 2017. Oh yeah, was playing those, and so we had a group of people, and I mean, it was like there was some moments where there was tears from laughing, <laughs> just like belly up laughing on it. Uh, I I've wanted to buy those games. I was like, you know what, I'm gonna buy them. I'm gonna buy them. They're on sale right now on the PlayStation. I, I was going to ask you, because I remember you telling me you picked it up on the Switch. Like The idea of being able to take that with you seems really enticing. Um, I don't, like, do you think it would be probably too hard to play like tabletop mode? Like, it'd it need to be docked. Right? Uh, I would say you'd want it to be docked, one, because it's just too hard to see that screen. And, and two, you still need to set up the Wi-Fi stuff. Uh, like, you, yeah. it needs to be on an internet connection, so there isn't, I mean, if you can't just play it in the car or something, I can't have say like, "Hey, everybody, grab right. your phones and we're going to play in the back seat." Right. Uh, so, I, I think it just makes sense that hey, it's it's nice that you can take it with you. Uh, I actually <laughs> the the non all star here in this situation is the the Nyko portable switch dock. I was going to ask if you took that. I with did because I didn't want to take the full switch dock. It's really nice that I have yeah. this other one. Uh, it, it's a little finicky and there were, there were definite times where I was taking, you know, three to five minutes of just taking the switch out, putting the switch back in, taking it out, putting it back in, trying to get, uh, I don't know if something wasn't lining up or or what was going on, but, uh, it, and this is, it's what, like I'm using my hands right now, probably showing like a, a rectangle or a square. It's it's not very big. No, it's it's right? a it's a little square. It's does it prop the switch up or is it just laid down? No, no, no. It, it props it up. Uh, it it's really. I mean, it, it props it up uh, at a right angle, and then you can also tilt it back just a little bit with a, a 
it's a, it's a nice little ingenious device. I just wish it worked a little more reliably. But uh, I've seen there's a dongle that goes from USB C to a splitter for uh, HDMI and then USB C female, and uh, thus you plug into it. Again, it's not going to look as pretty, but I think like if you are a nomadic person and you're trying to just hook up and do what you're saying, like quite honestly, like not to lament here, but they should have put that in the box with the switch to begin with. It would have been nice. Yeah, it'd be nice if I could just take uh, that cord and just plug it into HDMI. Like I, I, I don't even need it to keep charging at that point. Like maybe it would just be cool to have yeah. that and then j- just as like an emergency thing. But uh, yeah, the Nika one for for the flaws it still got the job done in the end and it you know it's and it's half the cost right it's it was much cheaper for sure and also it, it fits in a bag like the the main yeah, switch dock is just a big it. thing uh so yeah that, that ended up being really popular and we played a lot of games of fibbage and a lot of games of quiplash i i found out that i'm despite Thinking that I'm relatively witty, I was not great at Quiplash. Uh, it's, it's, I think comedy's all timing too. I mean, like to be in a situation where you have to come up with something without like a situation to respond yeah. to. Like, I mean, you guys already know this from listening to the show. You got some funny guys here, but being put on the spot can be a little difficult at times. Yeah. Uh, it, Still, still, I wish I had done a little better there. I will say though, I'm damn good at fibbage. I'm not, and and I can make up some pretty good lies, but I'm really good at spotting the truth, uh, especially when it comes okay. to that game. Like I, you sniff it out, th- ace detective. Yeah, and Jeez. I couldn't tell if it was just the people I was playing with because the there there seemed to be like some definite. This is the weirdest answer here. Everyone's trying to give something that's relatively plausible. And right. like, it's if they're asking this question, it's probably something a little off kilter. And and we kind of adjusted. Right. There was almost like this meta game of being played while we were playing the regular game of, okay, should we go super wacky now? Or should we kind of right. come back to what is possible uh, or, or what is probable, and it, it ended up being a super fun time. I I totally, I, I mean, I knew why those games were fun, but now I know it on a first-hand basis, and, and I'm looking forward to probably picking up another party pack for next year and, and trying some new games yeah. out with them. I think faking it would probably work really well with that group. That's a that's a cool one. They they had a, like a bundle pack. I'm going to, after the show tonight, I'm going to check out PSN and see, because that, it's on sale yeah. Uh, it's part of their holiday pack that they got those going. That, I mean, that's that's a game series I would never buy for PS4 though, because I I'm not I don't entertain a bunch of people in my apartment. That that doesn't sure. very often happen. But I think the Switch makes a very compelling case of I can bring this with me to a party. I can take this over to your house. Yeah. I can take this over to somebody else's place, and and we can play this thing. Uh, because that happens more often than not. I'll go over to somebody's place, but it seems somewhat rare that, that people are coming over to mine. And that's a shame because you got a nice spot. It's, it's a not a bad apartment. It's got a nice view for sure. It's a, it's a good apartment. <laughs> it's a great apartment. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Man. So you had a good time with family. You got to go travel a bit through the Midwest. 
uh, I'm excited that this worked out. I know that you and I talked offline about the the Jackbox being like maybe the the thing that you guys do, and it sounds like it went over with Flying Colors. I'm not at all surprised by that. Yeah. Again, I was I was surprised that my Luddite family uh, was able to grasp the game, and once they were able to grasp the game, that they loved it enough to keep going. So that that was that was a pleasant surprise. I had a good time with that. So um, I didn't I didn't share this with you, but the uh, week before Christmas, speaking of road trips, I uh, went to Branson with my I'm, family. My I'm mom shocked. This time. You go to Branson? That's never happened before. I know. It's so strange, <laughs> right? Um, and uh, the reason I bring this up now is I was going to ask, do you ever play the podcast to your family? And I played our show for my oh, mom. Oh, no. Why would you do that? Yeah, I did. Why would you? Because no. Want... No. Yeah, so... My family's uh, not allowed to listen to like not that they would ever <laughs> want to listen to it, but no. Yeah, oh yeah, we listened to the show. Oh, uh, what e- we, what episode? We, uh, let's see here. It would have been probably uh, well, it was before the game of the year stuff. So I think that it was. Um, I think it was either episode seventy-seven or the Road to Game of the Year. Oh, that's that's terrible. I like I feel a little violated. So I mean, I, obviously, this is like a public thing that we put out there. So yeah, people are going to listen yeah. to it, maybe. But I should have the expectation that people could listen to it. But uh, my, my mom's response to the show is, "You boys sound like you would be really good on radio." <laughs> <laughs> well, thank thank you, uh, Mrs. Peace. That's that's very nice of you to say. So I'm sure she's listening now. She, you know. She's a big fan. Um, so, wow. Uh, yeah. Just wanted to let you know that live on the that, air that my mom listened to us and she approved. That's scary. So if anybody out there that doesn't like us, my mom likes us. So. <laughs> God damn it. Bobby, uh, tell me a game that you played. Let's get ourselves back on track here. Um, yeah. So I played uh, Dishonored, Death of the Outsider. Okay. And I uh, I can't remember when it was. This game was on sale. I want to say it was like the week before Christmas, maybe a little bit before that. They were doing uh, all those digital sales. So I picked this up on the Xbox. Um, you and I have very different opinions about our time with Dishonored 2, mm-hmm. at least. Um, I What we agreed with is that there was some definite misses on the game. Uh, we We both said that uh, it was not as fun to play as the main character from the first one. Uh, why is his name slipping me? I don't remember it either. Okay. <laughs> well, we're terrible people. Nonetheless, um, I decided that I wanted to play this one. So this is you're playing as Billy. And from Dishonored 2, she was the one who was manning the Dreadful Whale, the ship that you were running your operations from uh, okay. Dishonored 2. Uh, it's the character that Rosario Dawson voices right. and so- somewhat resembles. Uh, and I don't know time frame where this lines up um, because in Dishonored 2, you have a very strong or a very big decision to make for Billy's character. You either kill her or you let her live. So if you do choose to kill her, like this game feels like it takes place after that. So I guess this, the main canon for that storyline is is that Billy is supposed to live. Like that's how the writers and sure. or at least in this here. Um, so the premise of the game: you start off and you go into a little bit about Billy's backstory when she was running the streets, 
with uh, Duran, I think is his name, or Doran, one of those two. And uh, they're talking through a little bit about like what she did and why she stopped and where she's at currently. You find out that this guy is out there. And you go and you see that he's being basically held up by this gang as a source of power. And when you go to bust him out, he's like, this is all bullshit. This whole fucking city has been ransacked with magic, black magic. And it's, it's the outsider's fault. Everything bad that's happened or good that's happened, depending on what side of the line you stand on, is because of this asshole. So we're going to kill him. We're going to kill God. Like, that's literally the premise of this game. Dishonored. Let's kill God. So that's the stage that we're setting. And in a lot of ways, it just kind of sets aside, like, the pretentious, like, on-the-nose stuff from the other ones. And it throws you into it. Like, your character wants nothing to do with that. It wants, I don't care about, you know, teleporting here. I don't care about painting the town with revenge. Like, I'm being brought into something because somebody who mentored me is all fucked up now and senile and dying and needs my help. And, like, out of respect, I'm here. Well... Boom pops up the outsider. He's like, hey, I heard everything that you were saying about killing me. And by the way, like, I'm going to give you powers whether you want them or not. And the way that they do it is Billy's missing her arm. Uh, she lost that in a battle. And she's, she also has one of her eyes missing. And so he basically takes your fake arm away. Or it's like this metal, like, steampunk-looking arm mm -hmm. in typical Dishonored fashion. And he says, I'm going to put this powerful arm onto you and you're going to have that so the game is really built around uh this hidden gun that is almost like an assassin's blade that goes in here it's really small and discreet yep. and then you carry uh, a really nice blade in your spooky arm as i'm calling it Ooh. and the spooky arm so a couple things that are really cool about this um so far i've unlocked three three abilities and what I like about the, these abilities are this game is like, hey, you can play it however you want to. Dishonored's always like, you can go and murder everybody, but it always made it seem like you should be playing it more in the shadows. And I know that that's something that you wanted well, to do. Yeah, I mean, there was the chaos system that, that absolutely encouraged you to do things non-lethally. There were other gameplay things. There were other, I think, achievements and things that, that incentivized you to not only knock everyone out, but to never get seen or or... You know, right. plenty, plenty of things for like incredibly high level play, and the the interesting thing about this expansion, sta it's standalone, right? Yeah. yeah. The interesting thing about this standalone expansion is that they take away that chaos meter, so now you could just live out a revenge fantasy as Billy. Like it's it's the yeah. game's takes the shackles off you in that way. And and I think right. that's probably for the best because now you can play it a little bit more of the way you want to play, uh, and not feel like you are not doing it correctly. I mean, there's there's something to be said for for playing an all chaos run or something, and in regular Dishonored or Dishonored Two to to get the bad ending intentionally. Uh, but I just I felt wrong doing it. Like this is a game that's all about stealth. There are so many stealth powers. There's uh, there's right. so many things that tie into the way the stealth works in this game. And to just take that away by running up to somebody and stabbing him just, just seemed seemed kind of wrong to me. But I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I I can get that for sure. Um, 
so like for the sake of like spoilers and things like that, this has been out for, you know, a couple months now and there's, I'm still discovering a little bit of it, but I am going to talk about a few of the powers that you get early on in this, because I think they're really cool. And I think that you might appreciate some of the things they're doing with it. So the very first one that you get is displacing and the way that they've done this, it's, you know, in the past you would like pull your L trigger and you would essentially like bamf into an area similar to nightcrawler. Uh, you could, hold up your hand and kind of say, okay, I think I want to get up on that like light post and it would show you an area you would go to. Uh, what they've done with displacement and this expansion is you see an actual figure of yourself. And once you let go of the trigger, it just leaves that person there. So you have your hologram in that area. So let's say that there's a group of guys that I need their attention. Like I want them to come to right. me. And so I might do something where, like, I know I want to get up past them over their shoulder. I have my character waiting to displace up there. And so as I start to move and act, they'll come at me and react to my physical. Then you just press the X button and you actually execute your displacement to the area that you've already picked. So once you set it, it's there and you can move around and then go to it later. Okay. That sounds interesting. So it's really cool, like, just because you can use it in quick succession. And then remember the bone charms? Mm-hmm. You can get a bone charm that just allows you to tap the trigger and it does the bamf like the previous game does. So you can move quickly if you need to get out of a, a tight spot. Um, that's really cool. The other one is, is they have a, I can't remember the name of it, but it's a scout mode. So you go and you go into a corner and uh, essentially it gives you that vision, like the eagle eye vision of the area. Right. But you move completely free. You can go through vents and when you go through these things, you can start to tag the people in a building. Mm-hmm. And so if you did want to play it stealth, you could say, all right, I've gone through this. They haven't seen me, but I know that there's five people that I need to avoid or kill. And they are now marked in game so you can see where the location is. And this allows you to see like paths or essentially like do some runs through a level and know, okay, if I can get here. So it's, it's a nice little strategy tool. Probably the coolest thing that I've seen so far, though, is um, the ability to mimic other people. And that's so much fun. So uh, you can startle somebody to where they kind of submit to you. um, Or you can just sneak up behind them. And you put your hand over their face and you see a 3D version of their, their face being sucked away. And you become that person. And what's awesome about this is that your, your meter for this ability it only depletes if you're moving. So I can steal somebody's identity and stand still forever and they would never mess with me. And as I'm moving, it start, the gauge starts to go down. So you have to like time it out like, okay, I either need to get to another person because you can still kill people while you're somebody mm-hmm. else or I need to find another face to steal. And you can do these things and move through the game completely ghosting the level without ever being detected just by playing as other right. people. And, and it's so much. Can fun. that work as kind of like a get out of jail free card? Like if you have three guards coming at you, can you move into? Can you if take you can one? Get one of them. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Now, of course, if they see you taking somebody's face, you're going to get caught. Right. But those are the only three I've got so far. Um, the other neat thing is is that the black markets and these levels they have contracts now. So when you go into these these towns or these cities, you go down to the black market, you get your stuff. And you pick up the board and it's like, hey, this person needs to be alive. I want them brought to me. This person needs to be killed. Um, And at the end of the level, you get to pay out these bounties for what you do in the game. 
So there's all these side quests for the main mission. It's a lot, it feels a lot more open than what it has in the past. Nice. So, um, and it's shorter again. Like that, that's the other thing that excites me is like, yeah. this is a standalone yeah. expansion. It's not the full, it's not a full game. Uh, there's, there's right. some, if I was ever to play a dishonored game again, and I don't think that I going to do that. Uh, but if I ever were to, I think this would be the kind of game that would get me to come back of here's, yeah. here's a new kind of thing, new story with, with new people or newish people. And also it's a very bite-sized experience. Cause I'm, I, I really have started to appreciate shorter games and I know I've, I know I played a ton of RPGs last year. I know I played a hundred and something hours of persona five and, like those, there's also something to be said about sinking your teeth into a really long, long game like that. But I, I find that I want to play a lot more shorter games in between the big, the big chunks of games that I play. Well, I think that's what we've been doing for the last few weeks, and it's been really rewarding. I mean, like this is the longest I've seen our list for what we've been playing for a while. We've had some great discussion on and offline about some of these experiences and. It's one of those situations, you know, like we're not professionals. We do this as a, a hobby. We do this as a chance to talk to one another. But to get to like that mindset of I have to be playing something new. I have to be playing something new. And there's all these things that are kind of backlogged, but all these quick experiences. And especially like over the holiday, those little peaks between the curtains of like the holiday craziness. It's been nice to get some of these experiences. Yeah. Um, so here's a game that I've been playing that. <laughs> is very long <laughs> to yes, to just as, as much as to just totally undercut all of that. Um, the other game that I've been playing the most right now um, is Fire Emblem. I think I discussed this on an earlier podcast, or maybe that I was about to start it. But I've been playing Fire Emblem uh, for the GBA. It is also known as Fire Emblem Blazing Sword or Fire Emblem Seven. This is the one with this was hmm? this was the one that. You said that previously it was difficult to get here? No. Uh, this, this was the first one that came to America. Uh, the one, gotcha. the Sorry. one before the, the it. The one that came out this 2017 was like the remake of the one that hadn't been here? It was a... The 3DS one that came out It was a remake of one that hadn't been here, yes. But it, uh, okay, yeah. that's right. So that was... Okay. Echoes is the, is the remake of 2, uh, which, okay. which never came here. But also Fire Emblem 1... Came here eventually as a remake on DS. Uh, Fire Emblem 2 came here as a remake on 3DS. Uh, we've never gotten Fire Emblem 3, 4, 5, or 6. And then we've gotten okay. 7. And I think we've gotten on, we've gotten the rest of them. Wait, no. I think there's another one there that we missed. I don't know. Do you know if the one that's coming out for the Switch this year is supposed to be one of those? Or is it completely It's supposed new? to be a brand new one. Uh, we know very little okay. about it, but what we do know is this is a brand new Fire Emblem. Uh, no, no remakes or anything like that. Cool. Uh, yeah, so I've been playing Fire Emblem Seven, Fire Emblem Blazing Sword, and I, I like this game a lot. It's I'm not, I, I still don't like the permadeath system. Uh, I've I've enjoyed playing the games on casual mode for Awakening and Fates and and Echoes. I just like that that freedom to to make a mistake and not have to go back and replay a ton of stuff because uh, I just that just feels like wasting time to me. And, okay, yeah, I made a bad decision. I understand, but I I don't 
I don't want to be punished that harshly for something like that. Uh, and then the other thing this game does that I don't normally like is it has weapon degra- degradation. And I think I've talked about this on previous okay. podcasts before, but like I, I haven't. Yeah, you were saying a little bit about that the last Yeah, time. I've got an iron sword. It has 40 something swings in it. And once you do that, then it breaks and you're done and you need to right. find a new sword. And you can equip a number of items onto, uh, onto any one fighter at a time and they can use different weapons at the same time or, or have different weapons on them. So you can kind of mix and match some things. And you end up getting enough money that it's not ever really a problem, and it doesn't come into play all that often. So it's not that big of a deal, but then my response to that is usually just, well, if it's not that big of a deal, then why have it in there at all? And, and that's what Fire Emblem Fates does. Is it says, yeah, you're right, that's, that's silly. So we're, we're just going to say, hey, if you get an iron sword, that's your iron sword, and that's what they keep the whole time. Or, or you can yeah. upgrade it to a steel sword if you want. And, and I like that system a lot better, uh, even if they put on some pretty severe penalties for trying to use better weapons on, on those characters uh, in those games, because they try, kind of tried to balance it out a little bit. Anyway, uh, this game's cool. I, I got through the more or less tutorial part, which is Lin's story. Uh, Lin is uh, a green-haired lord character in this game. And, and that was fine. And then you start... Ellawood's chapter, and Ellawood is the uh, father of Roy. I'm pretty sure I told you that. Uh, Roy from Smash Brothers. Uh, Where does this take place as far as like awakening timeline? It doesn't. Goes? It's a totally different timeline for that. Okay. So there okay. is there is an awakening time. So, you know Marth? <laughs> you're, you're, yes. yes. So Marth yes. has yes. his timeline and his thing that's going on, and awakening is in that I think it's supposed to be like a thousand years after or something like that. It's, but it's still the same area. Um, this game six and seven are, are in their own universe together. And then uh, fire emblem is mostly kind of like final fantasy where, where each one is a different place entirely, but occasionally they will go back to similar stories or, or to, to tell new things or to, to, tell something in the same land in a, in a different way. Maybe like Zelda a little bit there. Uh, maybe, I I don't know. I, I think that's giving Zelda too much credit. (laughs) I know, I know there's the Hyrule historian and all that bullshit, but I, mm, no, (laughs) you're not going to, I've read the book. There's a lot there. You're not going to get me to say that Zelda has an actual real timeline. We can talk through. Oh, I, I know. I, I also have the Hyrule Historia. I'm actually looking at my copy right now. I can see it. Uh, and no, that's... Don't don't denigrate Fire Emblem by saying, yeah, the story's kind of like Zelda, because that's bullshit. <laughs> um, anyway. I know, it's better. Go uh, I, on. <laughs> God. Uh, I am enjoying the story of this one. I, I think it's really interesting, especially because one of the things that's happening... So So this is... Fire Emblem 7 takes place before Fire Emblem 6, because this is Ella Woods, this is Roy's dad, so this is actually what happens when he was younger, and then... It's Quentin Tarantino. If, if you've played, <laughs> I guess a little bit, like if you've played 6, and I have not played 6 yet, I have it, and it's ready to go, but I decided I kind of wanted to play them chronologically. Yeah. I, so I, 
I'm playing through Ellawood's story and I'm seeing characters that I know will show up in six from the little bit I know. And one of the, one of the people you're trying to save, like he's this young prince and he seems like he's a totally good dude. And his, his father, the King is the real piece of shit. And you're trying to, at one point there's an assassination plot uh, against the prince and you actually go in and break it up and you, you stop it from happening. So this is this all seems great, except that prince shows up in in the next in the previous game that takes place after this one, and he's the big bad guy, and I don't know why he's the big bad guy, but that's super intriguing to me. Of like, there's there's obviously something redeemable about this guy. He he seems great, and then did does he fall? Like how how does he does he turn at some point? Maybe. Right. I, I don't know where this game is going. Maybe I kill his father and now he takes revenge on me in some way. Oh, and wow. so I'm, I'm fascinated by, by kind of what's going on. I, I, it's not the best writing in the world, but I think it's, it's an interesting story that's being told. And it, it's kind of told all over this land. You, you go to all these different places and pick up these new party members. And there are a lot of really interesting party members that, that, do a lot of different things and, and are different classes. So they use different weapons and it's, I, I really like fire. <laughs> it's, it's a yeah, good no, time. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I need to play Awakens. Like Awakens. I, I really enjoyed what I, yep. my time with that. I had with that. I know that this period that we're in currently is that ideal time to do it before, Things get wild, right. um, but yeah, I just need to do it. I need to commit to it. Like I feel like I should play that before I play a Switch version. But yeah, one one so. might even say you might resolve to play Fire Emblem Awakening uh, <laughs> this year. <Ooh. laughs> we'll we'll see. Maybe we'll talk about that a little later. Uh, but I'm having a good time with this. Yeah. I'm I'm really close to being finished. I think there are 31 chapters. Uh, which doesn't take into account a bunch of side mission stuff in there as well, but uh, I'm I'm on chapter twenty seven or twenty eight, something like that. So I'm I'm pretty close oh, to you, the end. You put some time in. Yeah, I've I've played okay. a lot, uh, and and it's great. It's it's really good. There are a few characters that I've gotten really attached to, and to see those characters get built up into really beastly units, and then and be able to just wreck <laughs> opponents is. Oh, it's so good. Fire Emblem is so good, Bobby. It's so good. But I, I, I well, I'm mm? I'm hoping that you get some good news soon for twenty. Yeah, I there's there's some rumors that there might be a Nintendo Direct coming out next week, and I would think that would be a time where you might talk about Fire Emblem for the Switch and just say, hey, we know this game. We've told you this game's coming out this year, so we might as well share a Go little something about it yeah like we we know nothing we have seen a, a logo and we've said we've been told it's a brand new fire Emblem game in 2018 and that's it hey it's 2018 where's fire emblem that's yeah, ex- yeah you're right yeah it's, it's <laughs> the clock struck midnight and i was right there going it's 2018 where is it where is it tell us something uh uh well chase i want to tell you about the flame and the flood. I would love to hear about the flame and the flood. I do not know what the hell this is. So, uh, the flame and the flood was a Kickstarter project 
by Molasses Flood is the name of the developing studio that made this game. Uh, it was originally, I believe, uh, Xbox and Windows when that first came out earlier or late. It was late 2016, I think. This game has since been ported to the PS4. And then uh, in October, they brought this game to the Switch. And I'm going to say it like everything else I say. This is a really good game for the mm. Switch. Um, this game is a roguelike survival adventure game. Uh, you start the game off uh, and your name is Scout. You are a girl in a, what appears to be a campground. You have a dog. And your dog starts by taking a backpack from a skeleton. That's when your journey it's begins. A good start. You are you are being monitored on things like thirst, hunger. Uh, you are being monitored, of course, on health and the ailments that will uh, affect you. In that sense, you have a raft, and the the raft is going down a procedurally generated uh, river, and. Uh, the interesting thing about this river is, is that there's going to be campsites and other stops along the way that you can dock into and then go and find equipment. Uh, alongside surviving, you can go and craft your raft to be much more so it can start to do things like mechanically you can add a an engine to it. You can add a kitchen to your raft and then you can be on this and be on the river the whole time and avoid things like a big wolf or uh, a wild boar that could attack you. Um, can go off these spots and you can find things um find saplings so you get enough saplings you can make some rope and snares like you could and don't starve it's got a lot of the elements of don't starve and i mean it's it's very easy to compare those two survival games sure. here the artwork is gorgeous it's got a great soundtrack to it um i've i've lasted i think like six or seven days in the game um it gets a little hairy, like you get into some areas that you got some really big currents and your raft can take damage if you run into things and you can you can steer it and do some quick moves. It's a lot like uh, if you push in the thumbsticks when you're on a sparrow, those quick little offsets okay. you do. Like like you can essentially navigate really quickly on those. Um, but it's fun. Like you get some really nice little moments where you can go and camp out, like you find maybe a place with some shelter and a nice campfire. Um, there'll be little quest activities like, hey, look for a church, or hey, you need to make some modern weapons because if you don't have these or modern tools, because then you can't make anything right. else, and you need to find flint and all that stuff. So these games are really overwhelming at times for me. Like I, I don't know if I like would say like I'm a big guy like on survival games. Like my like foray into that would probably be Minecraft, where it's like getting items, getting items, and then in Minecraft, when they brought in hunger, that was another thing. It's like, okay, we got to eat. Well, I got to build shelter. I got to cook and all that stuff. It's like, okay, I'm just staying alive. But the game's got just really good moments of pacing that I like a lot. It's okay, so you're gonna you're on the river. It's different every time. You don't know what's coming on with it. That was intense. I'm gonna pull off to this area. I'm just gonna kind of walk around for a minute. Maybe find a spot to lay out tonight because it's raining. Um, it's on sale right now on the Switch. It's normally, I think, 15, 20 bucks. I got it for 12. Uh, it's, uh, if you do the Xbox Game Pass deal, they have it on there as one of those included games, and that's where I first checked it out. It's been on my radar for a really long time. Um, what I like about having it on the Switch is the procedural generation and just like the newness, and it, 
it's a game that you want to last long in, but it's also a game that it's a roguelike, so you can pick it up and just sure. say, I got 15 minutes, I'm going to see how far I can get. So I appreciate it for those those matters. Nice. It sounds, it sounds yeah. interesting. I, like, I'm also not a, a survival guy. I, I, I've tried Don't Starve right. because I really like the art and I really like what Clay does. Uh, Mark of the Ninja is one of my favorite games ever. And I, man, I just could not get into it. I've, I've tried other games like that and I, I find them to be mostly a chore in, in trying to keep myself at a baseline level of alive. And I, I never feel like I'm actually accomplishing anything. I know like survival is part of the accomplishment, but like I want to, I never feel like I get to the point where I thrive in those games. And I think that's probably because I just don't give them enough time to, to understand the mechanics well enough to get to that point. They're, they're depressing games. Like I remember don't starve came out on PSN as like a free game of the month. And it was around winter and I would play that game and I would just be like, man, this is fucking brutal. Like, sitting next to a fire just waiting for it to be daytime, you know? Like, those are things that aren't fun, but um, there's something there. I think, again, like, the Switch adds a lot of charm to it. So, Well, speaking uh, of a brutal, survival-y type of game, um, I have been playing the DLC for XCOM 2. XCOM 2 War of the Chosen. And that is not a survival game, in the traditional sense, it's a turn-based strategy game, similar to a fire emblem, if you will. Uh, yeah. But I, so I love XCOM Enemy Unknown. It's I think I've talked about it on this podcast before. I know I've been playing the iOS version uh, a little bit, but I wanted to play the DLC for for XCOM Two because I've been hearing really great things about it. And uh, God, it's good. It's it's really strong. I man, it's. <laughs> I've probably have I talked about this game before on the podcast. You talked about XCOM. Uh, yeah, you have talked about the second okay. one. You, we talked a little bit about um, like the highlights I got from it is that it's a really good game. You had some stuttering issues like on a performance level right. with it, and you were thinking that maybe like a PS4 Pro or an Xbox One X would be a better solution. Um, yeah, maybe. But you said even through that, like it was. You're still finding a lot to enjoy in that game, even though you're having some frustrations with it. Right. I mean, so uh, performance issues aside, which it's hard to get around those because they're really bad. But uh, you know how I was talking about in Fire Emblem where I don't like permadeath and I like playing it on more of a casual mode. And that's because Fire Emblem tells a story with these characters or they're they're people that you're supposed to... uh, get to know a little bit more on your journey. And also you don't get replacements. You, you get the people that you get and that's it. And in XCOM, I'm building my own recruits from scratch and I'm hiring them. If, if somebody dies, I can hire somebody else. I can customize them. They don't have stories to, uh, they don't come with, mm, that's not true either. (laughs) Um, they, you're not building a story. There was no story written. God damn it. All of these are wrong (laughs) in XCOM two. They actually, each soldier that you get comes with a little backstory, but it's a very slight thing that doesn't actually change anything about the character. It has no consequence or weight to it. It's just a fun little thing of, Hey, we found this guy on the side of the road and he was doing this other thing, but now he works for us 
or this person used to be a Russian spy or something, and, and now she spies on the aliens. Crazy, right? Uh, <laughs> they're, they're slightly better written than that. But uh, because those have no consequences, and also you can go back and change them, I can change whole characters, uh, which I do, because I like bringing in uh, my friends or, or people that I know into this game and having them be my, my soldiers. Uh, you like big country. I do like big country. Big country Bobby P's over there. He's, uh, he's my heavy. Uh, my, my, yes. my, he ain't heavy. <laughs> he's your Bobby. Uh-huh. Oh no. Yes. My, my <laughs> precious heavy Bobby. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's been the thing that you get is stories that you kind of make yourself. And because the, the stories are emergent in a way in fire Emblem, you're uncovering a story like big, these stories are are pre-baked in there and you're just unve- unveiling kind of what's going on each time. Right. In this, I feel like I'm an intricate part of the story because I'm making it. It's Bobby. I need you to make this shot. Like I need you. I need you to hit this alien. And then you didn't. And I, Oh no, that's you're, you're in such a bad place now. And now the enemy can counterattack and, I don't, oh, are you going to, are you going to make it through? And it gives, it gives you like these heart palpitations almost. Cause now you're really invested. Oh, yeah. And when a character dies, I don't feel the need to save scum. Like these games can make you do because that's, that's just what happened. And man, it super sucks that that happened, but that's, that's XCOM. That's XCOM. That's just kind of what happened. That's XCOM, yeah. Baby. And oh, Oh, it's so, so hard. This is... I, I have a very strong feeling that I will find a lot of enjoyment in this game, especially with Rabbids being my first like nosedive into a game in completion that's very similar. Totally. To Rabbids is a really great uh, like gateway drug to these kinds of games. Yeah. And I mean, you have played a little fire emblem awakening, so you're kind of used to some yeah. of these mechanics already, but I, I would say XCOM enemy unknown, the first one, or, or even with the expansion content enemy within is a, a good place to start Two two is also vanilla. Two is bad Two with war of the chosen DLC added in is, is pretty, pretty good so far, you know, performance issues aside. Uh, but there's uh, the things that I don't like, and some people do like them. I, I don't like the tinkering around in the base stuff because when you're not on the battlefield, you come back and now you have to, uh, you have to just, it, it's a bunch of chore shit and it, it feels like those survival games that I need to make sure that I have enough money to buy these new weapon pieces and to do, this research and I also need to go to this place because now there's a panic meter over there. And if I don't do that, then I'm not going to get as much money. And I, I I can enjoy some fiddly process stuff, but in, in this game, it just, it starts to bug me. And, and it also did that in enemy unknown, but there were fewer things to keep track of in that first game. And it, it felt like something that I could eventually kind of get a handle on. Whereas in this game, I constantly feel like I'm at a complete disadvantage. And, and part of that's really exciting because now it's, it's you against the odds. But also, I, 
I kind of, I kind of want to. Is it three on three like Rabbits was, or is it four on four? <laughs> it's. Well, I'm sorry. Like, how big's your team? Your your team starts out with three. Your team starts out with four, I think, and then you can expand it to six eventually. Um, but that requires you to purchase certain in-game upgrades and to, to get yeah. to that point where you can now send out six people in a squad. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's kind of incredible though, the way you tell your own little stories with that. Like I, and some of the things they add in with XCOM to an XCOM to war of the chosen, I, I didn't actually play the, the vanilla XCOM two, but just with this DLC baked in. So I'm not sure how many of these things were already in the base game, but they have this concept that's <laughs> sorry to keep coming back to it, but it's kind of like fire emblem where it's got this support kind of system to it, where you can build a bond with other soldiers on the battlefield and some will have, um, some are predetermined or, or have predilections to like each other. There's, uh, they have a better chemistry. So if they go out in the field together and they're, you know, fighting near each other, right. they will build that bond and build that chemistry. And then eventually they'll become buddies and they'll gain bonuses that they can do things with their buddy of, you know, I can sacrifice my turn to give my buddy a second turn. And, and those things can be really powerful. And I haven't dealt, haven't had to deal with it yet, thankfully, but there are also huge punishments if one of the buddies dies. Like the other one will, will get really sad. And, and I think they'll take a bunch of debuffs at that point. So that's, I, I think that's a really interesting system. And I mean, Fire Emblem does a similar thing where you, know, you build up a support, you build up support with each other and then you can have these conversations to learn a little bit more about how the characters are getting along together. And that's where a lot of the marriage and, and children stuff comes in is if you build your bond up to maximum, they get married and they have a child. Uh, right. So in this game, even though there's not a marriage thing, my two, two of my very good friends, one you might know is, is Johnny Amazich and then uh, his, sure. his real life wife, uh, Misty, uh, they, have formed a bond on the battlefield uh, in in uh, XCOM 2. They so, can't escape the, the bond that knows no boundaries. Shimo's right. Love can bloom on the battlefield. And that's exactly what happened here. So, so those two are buddies. And that's that's kind of cool. Uh, Misty is a sniper. She's a, she's a pretty solid sniper. Johnny is a support unit. He's okay. He's no big country. Eh. <laughs> eh. You know. Uh, but I, oh it's gosh. really cool. I, I think say. you would. Uh, I think after the amount of uh, Mario plus rabbits you have played, I think you'd really enjoy the XCOM games in in a similar fashion. You know, I'm I'm, I'm sitting there watching it. Uh, it's one of those things where it's like I know that this game has gone on sale for three dollars numerous times, and I have a deal alert set up for it. I, I just don't know if I'm like, who am I kidding? Like I'm probably gonna buy this game for ten bucks. So it's like, do it today, do it tomorrow. Um, I, I really would like to check it out. Like I got, there's a few games I've got on my switch right now that I want to get through. Um, and then I look, well, depending on what Nintendo says, if they have a direct this month, I might have a little bit of a period where I can play 
that on my right. iPad. I mean, it, it's fantastic on iPad uh, for uh, XCOM Enemy Unknown slash Within uh, is available for those devices. But I, I think there's also something to be said about playing this game on a on a big TV. Like there's I'm yeah. XCOM so far XCOM 2. That's the only way you can play it is is on a, a home console. But there's something kind of nice about that. It's you even though it's a turn based strategy game and those tend to work much better on handheld devices or even PC. Uh, there's, I, I, I like getting the full view of things and, and getting kind of a more oh, full sure. view of the battlefield. I like using a controller and I know you have a controller for your iPad and, and can work with that, but uh, there's, it, it just feels like there's something maybe a little missing from the iOS version, despite it having yeah. a pretty full feature set from, from what the original game was. There's not there's not no, a bad I, I way to play these it. Out really bad. Yeah. I definitely would check. And that's out. kind of it. Like I've I've so, been playing I mean I've been playing a lot of Destiny 2 uh, cuz that's just kind of a comfort food a game to to go back to. Uh, there's there's yeah. not really much to talk about there. I've been playing uh yeah. I've been playing a little mobile game called Yo Let's Up. Uh, which is is super simple. All, all you do is tap I am, and jump. I'm going to ask you a quick Destiny question because okay. we have to. It's 2018. Okay. We got to talk about this game sure. this year. Um, uh, the expansion season two that's out right now. There's also the Donnie. Mm-hmm. Um, just I, I think I know the answer, but I think our audience should hear it also. Uh, there's been some new armor and some new guns. Could you tell me what your favorite piece of armor that has come out this season and your favorite weapon so far, hmm. uh, exotic or legendary. Uh, I mean, the favorite weapon is easy because that was the, the Jade rabbit from, from destiny one. And we've talked about that on a okay. previous podcast. I, I, I just always, I like the look of that gun. I like the feel of that gun. And now that it's back in destiny two, I'm, I've been using it a lot. Uh, lately though, I've been using the crimson hand cannon, which is kind of an ode homage to, another destiny one gun called uh, God, what was it called? Red, Red death. death. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, which was yeah. a pulse rifle. So now this is a, a hand cannon, a big pistol. And yet it has the, the pulse rifle three round burst uh, perk kind of thing in it. And it's, it's a really cool hand cannon. So that's been a lot of fun to use as well. Um, armor is a little tougher. Uh, I like so with season two, they brought out a, a bunch of Vex themed armor because the the DLC is is very Vex heavy, and I've been really liking the the armor set for the Titan that has all of these Vex parts to yeah. it. So I've been using those a lot. Um, I haven't found myself using a lot of the new pieces. Oh, okay. I guess for my Titan, I've been using the, I think his name is like the Kelpie's horn or something like that. Yeah. And it's this, this big horned beast of a thing. I, I think it's supposed to be hive related, uh, in the way that it looks. it looks that way, but it has an armor mod that you can get for it. That makes it look much more like a fallen thing. I think it's called like techno bug or something. And it's, it's got like halo armor, kind of thing on the face, but then it also has these horns coming out of it. So I, I really want to get it, the the armor ornament modification on it that, that will make it look like that, because I think that looks bad. If you've seen any variation of Rhino from the Spider-Man <laughs> Sure, yeah. Like, whenever you see somebody in the game with that helmet as a Titan and sprinting, it's 
Like, that's Rhino from Spider-Man. Uh, and I don't even think it's a particularly useful skill that it has. It's whenever I put up my barricade, it, it sends out, like, a little fire thing. And, and that just mm-hmm. kind of is rarely useful for me. But It's fashion over it's, function with that one. It's really sure. cool. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. It's How about you? Do you have anything that's jumped out of you? Uh, so I, I wanted to get the Vanguard armor in the first season. So I finally got that for all my characters and I'm really happy with it. I, I love the look of that stuff. And again, it's kind of a reskin from some of the other armor in the game, but it, there's a kind of like a pilot or quilting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, my main character is a warlock and the alt they added in, in season two, they have ornaments for it. And it has a, the best way I can, I can describe it is kind of like a, uh, you're a, in a naval savior. So it's got like, it looks like a fisherman suit a little bit. Like you got some green neon lights that go on it. It just looks really, really, really cool. So I like that quite a bit. Um, my favorite gun that I've got. So they, they introduced the masterwork concepts. So I got a masterworked uh, nameless midnight and I've got a masterworked origin story. I, I like those quite a bit. Those are two of the best guns in the I game am, for sure. They've been, they've been two of the best guns in the game since it came out and they're still really good. They're so good. Um, I really, I've been hunting Crimson. Like that's my white whale right now. I'm trying to get that. I want that gun really bad. Um, surprisingly enough, though, I'd, I'd have to say that the Colony, which is this amazing, has been a lot of fun. grenade launcher. Um, when you shoot this out, the the grenades turn into robotic spiders that will hunt down targets nearby. Hence the name, the Colony of Spiders. Um. And I really, really like the look of it, the sound of it, the animations that go with it. Who would have thought that I would like a grenade launcher as much as I do? <laughs> yeah, I, grenade launchers really have good. pretty much always sucked, and this one is not bad. And I think the it's it's pretty powerful, and it does have that homing stuff. It's really fun to use in the PvP mode because uh, it, it it really does track those those opponents a long way. It's also fun to fight oh, against. Yeah. I've had people shoot it at me, and I know those things go along the ground. So now it's I need to stay in the air as long as possible, and yep. hopefully find some higher ground. Because oh, whole shit, they're they're really coming for me. It's it's exciting. It's uh it's tension filled. That's a that's a fun gun on both sides. Totally. So you know, there's been a lot of controversy here in this game chase. You and I both know this. For those of of you that are. Uh, catching up on the show after listening to the last Game of the Year episodes we had. This was your Game of the Year. Here it is now, January 2018. This game came out middle of September of 2017. I'm still having a great time with this game. I'm still enjoying my time with it. I I, I definitely feel some fatigue. I, I know I talked about this at the Game of the Year episode. I It kind of pains me to put this game as number one because I... Sure. It, it's something that I know I can keep coming back to and I'm really comfortable with. And I, I enjoy my time playing it at the same time. It just, it kind of, it kind of won 2017 by default for me. I I know people kept talking about how amazing the year was for games. And for me, it, it kind of wasn't there. There were, there were definitely good games for sure, but the games that I was really excited for, the Fire Emblem Echoes, the Persona 5s, those games didn't quite live up to the expectations that I had for them. 
and it made for a relatively disappointing year. And sure. that's why I've been way more excited about the, the 2018 basket of games that we're getting. And I know we'll, we'll talk about that here in a bit, but that's, that's kind of where I, what I'm banking on right now is, is how good 2018 is shaping up to be. So uh, I'll, I'll wrap up some of the games that I'm playing here because one of them will lead into what we're going to be talking about. But uh, I got Steamworld Heist on my Switch. Um, I am, let's see here. I, I'm probably like three or four missions into that. Um, I have pretty much beat that game on my iPad. So the, my very first interaction with this game was on a touchscreen. And it does pretty well on there. Like, it's really not that bad. Um, and it, it's honestly a bit more intuitive on the iPad, I think, than what it is on the Switch. Just from, like, tapping and touching and having the ability to move around the world. But I really like it on the Switch because it's the right. Switch. And it's a proper way to play this game, so I'm going to get through that. Well, um, I'm, but I'll, I'll be up to Before you move on, like, I right. also downloaded that because it's one of my favorite games ever. And despite owning it twice on on two other consoles, uh, I it's on the Switch, so I gotta have it. And I I downloaded it, and I have not played it because I've been trying to play and finish this Fire Emblem. Uh, so I've been kind of putting it to the side. But man, I'm so excited to to jump in. Um, I'm I'm interested to hear your uh, interested to hear those thoughts that you had on the iPad version because the the two versions that I have played. Uh, was the 3DS originally, which I think that is is probably the best place mechanically for that game. Because uh, having the second screen, you can use it for a more tactical view for some things. You can, there's, like, ha- having that second screen, it comes in super handy as you're playing. And then the, the next version I played it for was the Vita, and the Vita version was just super pretty. It was a really gorgeous looking game on that on that little system. And I didn't, I didn't miss the second screen too badly, but you definitely miss it a little bit. And uh, yeah, I mean on the on iOS, what's cool is so like if you're in a ship or at a bar or something, it's you tap where you want your character mm. to go, and they'll go to it, which is really nice. So it's like I want to go down here. So I think if I remember correctly, um, you can use one finger to pan, or it's either two fingers to like pan through the screen. Okay. To like say, okay, I'm gonna go go down here and then tap, and you'll go down to it. Um, so it's a lot less holding and moving, where like I can kind of look a little bit more. Uh, when it becomes your turn on the game, it it kind of sprawls out. Um, if I remember correctly, it shows like all the spots you can go to automatically, mm. and it shows like this is where you can still attack. This is where you'll only be shielded. You can tap, and then you'll move to it. Where on this one. You're kind of moving the stick to extend out like your range of movement where you can go to yeah. it and you can firm it. And so I think that's probably the traditional way of how this game has been played. For me, this is very different. Yeah. It seems to be a little bit slower, which isn't a bad thing, but it's just a difference. So I haven't played a ton with it. I'm going to play more of it. The game I wanted to mention lastly for the Switch um, is an older game again, but a recent port, and that's Axiom Verge. And so uh, this is a game out of my comfort zone. Uh, I will say that much right now. Like I've, I've mentioned one roguelike. Uh, Metroid was a game that I played very young um, and walked away from very quickly. 
because I was playing with my older cousins who were determined to beat Metroid. It was like, I'll say it was too hard for me. It was a very hard game at that age. Um, it was very frustrating. The look at the time was a little scary to me. Like some of the things were just like a little, like very discomforting at the time. And so playing Axiom Verge, which is a very much tip of the hat to those, to, to Metroid. It's, it's a Metroidian, Metroid style game mm-hmm. for sure. Um, it's very weird, like weird kind of gothic science fiction. Uh, it plays like you would expect a, an early Super Nintendo or, or Nintendo game to play. Like there's a lot of love that went into this project. Like I don't doubt that at all. Like there's a lot of care. Um, I'm, I was like, oh wow, shit! Like the soundtrack's awesome. The artwork is great. The gameplay feels very familiar to those. But it's just like this is not a style of game that like I thoroughly enjoy. Right. There's a lot of tension with it. There's difficulty. It's a hard game. It's a very unforgiving game. Um, it's it's well well worth the money and if you're into those sort of games like it's absolutely in my opinion something that's great it's i think it's been on xbox and playstation for a while i think it came out 2016 i think so mm, sorry uh yeah I, I believe it has uh mm-hmm. i played it on the on the vita um I, and i'm right there with you it's metroid has never been my style of game especially not the 2d ones i I've, i did enjoy a little bit of my time with metroid prime hunters which is a, a 3D one on the on the original DS, but uh, for the most part, those just kind of aren't my games. And I've I've tried a few of them. I've tried Metroid Fusion. I've tried Metroid Zero Mission. I played a little bit of Metroid. I have not played Super Metroid. That is the one that everyone says is the best. Right. Um, but of all the Metroid style games that I have played, Axiom Verge is easily my favorite. And yet, I still yeah. got to a point where I was like, yeah, this is cool. It's just not the kind of game that I enjoy playing, even if I can respect the hell out of how it's executing, because I think it's doing a pretty yeah, solid I job mean, of that. It's, it's a, a slam dunk for those games, for sure. Um, I'm st- I'll say this much. The jury's still out for me. Like I, It's kind of like what you've, you've shared with your thoughts on 2017. Like I know that there's a lot of good game here. I get right. that. Like, it might just not be a good game for me. And I don't, I don't know if you've found uh, the twist thing part of it yet, but the a big mm-hmm. part of this game is that it's intentionally glitchy, or there's things that you can do to intentionally. It's not really glitching the game because it's built that way. It's an aesthetic-looking glitch. Of there's a gun that you find. I think it is a called the glitch gun that can mutate and affect different things in the world and you can get to secret areas you can change some of the things that's going on and it it, it's it's used a lot in both the the puzzle platforming part of it and also the combat and it really adds a new twist to that kind of stuff it's it's neat it's it's very interesting and it, it gives it something unique over a, a more traditional Metroid game where it's not, it's not just a ripoff. It is an homage that also tries to expand the genre a little bit. And, and I applaud yeah, so far. That. I have the, 
I have the drill. I have the uh, gun, the first gun you get. And I have the one that shoots a burst that you can hit and then right. spread. I've got those right now. Cool. But yeah, I, I mean, it, I hope you could stick with it. I, I wish that I could have stuck with it a little longer than I did. Uh, but I, I definitely respect the hell out of that game. Yeah, totally, man. Uh, Chase, is there anything else that you want to talk nah, about? No, I mean, I mean, I played that Yo Let's Up game. It's on mobile. It's it's free, and then you can also pay to take the ads off of it. It's a super small thing. Somebody had had it on their Giant Bomb Game of the Year list, and I just decided, hey, it's free. I'll, I'll give it a shot. It's it's a nice little time waster thing. It's got some wonky kind of physics to it, so it's it's fun to play around with that. Um, but that that's okay. It's also got hats that you. <laughs> can earn by by getting the end game currency. Okay. Uh, it it's silly. Cool. And then uh, we played a little bit of everybody's golf, uh, and that was fun. I, I like everybody's golf. That was a great I've, time. I've only I've only put that game into my system twice, but I've enjoyed it very much both times that I've I've played it. Um, yeah, man. We had that was my second time playing it. We played that on uh, New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Um. I had a lot of fun with that, and then I decided the next morning, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start my day off playing a little bit of this, and went back to it, and uh, I will continue to do it. Like, it's fun to build your character up. I played a tournament. I actually won a tournament online, and that was a good time, and uh, you get a lot of payout from that. I got some new shoes. I got some some clothes and all that fun stuff, so it's a a good game, man. Yeah, I like it a lot. I, I still think that Golf Story hits my sensibilities a little bit more. Uh, but in yeah. terms of a golf game that I can continue to come back to time and time again, I think everybody's golf is the is the real choice there. Like go- golf story is great, but it's an RPG story. There is a quick play mode, sure. but you play that game to kind of go through the story of it. It's, 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 hence oh, yeah. the name. Uh, but everybody's golf really is like, hey, I just want to come in and play a round of golf and then get out, and that's that. This game is perfect for that. I'm ready for the mashup. Everybody's golf story. Mm. That's what I want to see. Sounds all right. That sounds all right to me. Um. So Chase, we've reached the topic section of the yeah. show. Yeah. Do you want? Do you want to let the new audience, the the new year, the new audience, know what we're doing here, what we're trying to get after, and what our topics typically? Encompass? Yeah. I mean, the the topic here they they range from all sorts of different things, but this topic I guess is kind of a dual topic for for today. And that is, we we did this last year, and I thought it was really interesting doing your New Year's resolutions when it comes to video games and what we want to accomplish this year, what we are trying to do with with 2018. We we know there's going to be a bunch of games that come out that we don't know about, or that you know anything could happen. Right. But what's our plan here? Where where do we? What would we like to get out of this year? And kind of. Evolving from that, I, I think this is also a good time to talk about some of the games that we are specifically excited for in 2018 that we um, just can't wait to play. So, oh, yeah. uh, why don't you start us off with one of your New Year's resolutions for 2018? Chase, I'm not going to pre-order any games this year. That's that's probably a good thing. Um, when I look at the note that we have written here, there's a little parenthesis at the end of that, and then the word failed, and then an end parenthesis. So 
Have you already pre-ordered a game in 2018, Bobby? I have pre-ordered a game. I pre-ordered a game God today. God damn it. What was the game? Uh, God of War. Uh, well, mm, okay. Yes, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yes, I should because not have done that. You pre-ordered, did you pre-order a physical copy or a digital copy? Physical. God damn it, Bobby. What? Ugh. Okay, that's the one that's unforgivable. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, okay. You did tell me it was basically free, though. You you got some was, you got some I, PSN I got, credit, uh, so you spent the I PSN did. credit on on a game that that sixty dollars would still be there the day of yeah. the day before. It you why okay why why Bobby why did you do this why did you pre order a game that you can easily get the day it releases. And nothing would change. Because well, there's there's two there's two things. Two reasons. Okay. Chase. Both of these I can just tell you it's because I'm weak. <laughs> but the the first reason is this is that that credit was burning a hole in my pocket for the absolute wrong things like the Eververse shop. Oh yeah, that, that is nature. that is worse. I'll give you that. And so I was just like, and the thing of it is the way that the PlayStation network works. Um, I believe you can go into your system and like change your default payment method. If you have credit put into it, but you can't choose like, I don't want to use my credit. Like I'd want to use like my debit card or whatever. And so if I wanted to get something like that, or if there was like a theme I wanted to download for my PlayStation or something like that, that I didn't want to necessarily say like, I'm going to spend like two 99 of the $60 on. Like I, I wanted to have, the ability to buy a game just like say hey i'm gonna get this game with this money <clears throat> the person who gifted this to me was my mom and dad and i told them i'm like hey there's really no games i want for christmas but i'd love to maybe have like credit to buy one in the next year god of war is a game that uh i feel really strongly about like i don't i don't how see, how do you uh, how do you feel strongly about it? you've never played a game in that series i've played a game <laughs> in that series um but that but even then, though, like I don't think that that's necessarily fair for for this because this does appear to be a very far departure from that style. You're of game. right, but you're also wrong. <laughs> oh yeah, look, I, I'm I'm not going to dig myself out of this here. I I kind of feel like I get a pass here, um, but I also know that I did pre-order something. You get an understanding. I wouldn't call it a pass. Like I get why I, I I can appreciate the excuses that you are making and I can understand where they come from. And you do not deserve a pass. (laughs) Right. Well, the thing is, so I have a lot of games that will be coming out in the next three months were probably pre-ordered that not probably pre-ordered that will probably come out in the next three months were pre-ordered in 2017. Mm. And so, and so you've can't we'll you've canceled those pre-orders out. then, right? That was last year. So <laughs> I, uh, but what uh, I'm saying though is is that like I know I know that there was placeholders for I believe nine to ten games for the Switch that were on yeah. Amazon that were nameless. I, just like I think that's points. where the rumor of a Nintendo Direct coming next week also came from because those Correct. those nine or ten things got pulled. 
and people thought like, okay, well, there's there's some announcement stuff coming, and I think even the the pages themselves said something like, uh, as seen on the Nintendo Switch Direct, which could have just been a badge that they right. had laying around or something, but it does lend some credence to So that. for me, it's if if middle of January rolls around, we have a Switch Direct, and there's some fucking kick-ass shit, Pokemon, any of those things pop up, like, I'm going to be in a situation where I'm going to have to say, do you pre-order it? Do you not? And so I'm looking at myself now, like, I've already... I've I've spent a gift. I haven't I haven't used my wallet to make a decision at this point in time. And so I'm I'm really not wanting to pre-order and it comes from I pre-ordered two games this last year that really came back to bite me in the ass and I pre-ordered a game before last year so in 2016 I pre-ordered a game that really fucked me over. And that was No Man's mm-hmm. Sky. So No Man's Sky, Mass Effect Andromeda and Star Wars Battlefront 2. Even though I got that copy for right. free these were still things that after after Battlefront, we've talked about this on the show, Chase. You've told me not to, you said pre-order is bad business. Everybody says it's bad business. They'll do it. We're weak. But I look at it, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I look at it and it's one of those situations where it's like you have to start to have some principles here and you have to start to like hold people accountable like make them buy you a gift and then use that instead of your own money. <laughs> It sounds like you really learned a lesson. Like I, I'm still of the mind where I, I have uh, 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 kind of a credo that I go by when I think about pre-ordering games. And it has to be something to, for me to j- justify a pre-order. It either needs to be a game from a series that I have previously enjoyed, and I and I know that this one is going to be more of the same. And and I you can still get you can you can drama. still get burned exactly you can still get burned with that but right. I it's worked out for me so far um, where that did you pre-order Mass Effect I don't believe I did I don't think so okay uh, but I'm but sucker. something I I don't know if I have a pre-order for the Fire Emblem 2018 yet I I might uh, but that would make sense because I'm gonna buy that game anyway I I, I did yeah. have a pre okay I'll give you a a part where I got burned. I, I pre-ordered Fire Emblem Warriors because I like Dynasty Warriors, like okay, Fire Emblem. This makes sense to me. Like I, yeah, I'll pre-order that game because I, there was no reason for me to, but I did anyway. Actually, I ended up canceling that pre-order because then I bought it digitally. Uh, and I was like, what am I doing? I don't want to have a physical copy of this game. So right. I guess I didn't really pre-order it, but I was going to. Um, and then my other thing is like, if I've had any, hands-on time with that game at all if it's if i've been given a demo or something and i i really enjoyed the demo um or if i played it at pax so uh, like i have a pre-order in for dragon ball fighter z because i played it at pax you played uh, i've played that game that game feels good uh i know it's by a respected developer in arc system works that has yeah. made that has made those kinds of games before and they've made them very well and yeah it just it felt awesome so i'm i have no problem giving my money to them already and and that's kind of where i fall on a lot of that stuff i if it's something else like i i would not pre-order anthem i i think anthem could be really cool i'm well i'm yeah. especially not pre-ordering anthem based on 2017 no. uh because ea has lost a lot of my trust but i i Anthem is just not something I pre-order because I want to know 
that that game is good before I before I throw my money into it. I, I think that's probably something right. I'd really be into, but I I don't I don't want to take that it chance. It hits all the right boxes for us, you know? right? Like that's a game. I think that whenever we watched E three, I think that I even said that that was my most anticipated based off of what I saw. And, and I think that's fair because it looks really cool. It looks like it could yeah. be an awesome game, and it just needs to avoid the pitfalls that other EA games have gone through uh, this year. So what I'm saying is this. I want you to help me out with that because I know that I have problems with it. I know that there's people out there in the community that we share with these in a gaming community where there's people who are very adamant about this is a bad business that we're, we're, we're basically saying we're going to give you our money regardless of what you deliver us. We're in a situation where we're kind of fucked. And so for me, I, I just really thought about that. Like I, I can tell you hard and fast, I'm not pre-ordering anything from EA. Absolutely. Fair. But I will do my best to not do it for everybody. Else. Cool. Well, I'll, I'll be sure to check in with you over the course of the year and, and see how that's going for you. Cause that's, uh, I, I think, yeah. Maybe we should maybe off uh, off air. We should come up with some sort of punishment system uh, in case you do yes. relapse into pre ordering. Then uh, we can find some way to. Uh, you should say like it needs, if you absolutely have to pre order, it needs to check these like these three boxes. Or these see, that's not boxes. a punishment though. That's that's some. No, 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 no. I'm saying like if I was going to pre order mm, one. Yeah, like, that, that's guidelines like, though. I I want to. I want to say like Bobby owes me ten dollars each time he pre-orders a game. Like that's see that's punishment of now you have to pay another ten dollars on top of what you're already paying. Plus I get ten dollars. That yeah. sounds really good to me. But yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll come up with something more. Uh, we'll come up with more something. more appropriate okay. probably. Uh, well, cool. I, I really only have one uh, resolution here for 2018. Uh, so last year, I, when we did our resolutions, I talked about my 12 and 12 series that I was starting. Uh, that did not turn out exactly as I thought it would. Uh, I was supposed to be playing 12 RPGs in 12 months and then writing an essay about each one of them. And I think I did end up playing 12 RPGs. Uh, at, at least 12 okay. that I counted as RPGs. I, I actually probably played a lot more. If you somewhat stretch the the definition of RPG, like I didn't count near Automata as a as a RPG, even though it kind of is. I didn't count Horizon Zero Dawn as an RPG, even though it absolutely has a bunch of RPG elements in it. Um, but I definitely fell off on the writing. I I think I only wrote five or six of the essays, and you played the games. You didn't maybe write right, them. and and part of that was. <laughs> I think my eyes were a little too big for my stomach in a lot of that, where I was trying to, you know, not just write a review. I could have, I could have put out 12 reviews of, of these games and called it a day and been fine. And, and that would have been no problem, but I really wanted to right. find something unique to say about these games. I wanted to find a unique angle to, to have some kind of discussion or have some discovery of some of these games. And, and some games just weren't as conducive to that as others. And, uh, and it, made for a time where you know i was spending a month a month or two on a single article single piece that that just you know, i would scrap my work and start over again or <laughs> try that for another couple of weeks and then that wasn't going anywhere either so uh, i didn't end up making that happen but i did enjoy the games that i played i'm glad i did it at the very least it got me to play chrono trigger all the way through it got me to play uh, suikoden 2 right. all the way through 
And those are games that I look back with a fondness now uh, that I just either had, in the case of Chrono Trigger, had tried and put to the side or in Suikoden that I had totally missed out on the when it was out. So uh, so it was good to, to get some new games under my belt that way and then also just to find ways of justifying playing even more of the games that I, that I love. So in a right. similar sense, I'm going to play another genre of game um and i'm but i'm not going to give myself the writing uh deadline or the writing challenge like i i plan to write something about some of the games that i play here but i don't want to give myself the the pressure of saying i'm going to make 12 articles or something like that uh fair that's more i'm i'm dubbing this strategy 18 bobby that's uh, Strategy That's 18. what this year is, and Strategy 18 is all about playing strategy games. Uh, okay. <laughs> such such as the games that I already am playing right now, like your Fire Emblems, like your XCOMs. I actually right. have a, a list here of games that uh, qualify for Strategy 18. Um, I can I could go over this list. It's, it's going to be a lot of the games you kind of already know. Um, Okay. And, and a lot of games I'm actually already in the process of playing in some form or fashion. Some of these games are new. Some of these games are old. Uh, some of these games are ones that I've played before and want to play again. Some are things that I just need to go back and finish. And then some things are still coming out uh, sometime this year and I'm, I'm looking forward to. So uh, XCOM Enemy Within on iOS, I'm you know, partway through that game, and I just want to keep going on that. XCOM 2 War of the Chosen, I'm actively playing that right now. Uh, Fire Emblem Blazing Sword, that's the one I'm playing right now, and I'm really close to being finished with it. Uh, Fire Emblem Binding Blade, which is the one with Roy in it that comes beforehand. Uh, Fire Emblem Sacred Stones, which is the last Game Boy Advance one that's, uh, that's on the GBA. I have it for my... Uh, for the ambassador program on the 3ds. So I think that's probably how I'm going to play it for that. Uh, I too, am going to go and play fire emblem awakening again this year. I've, I've been itching to get back and, and see those characters again and, and play around. So that's, that's something I'm definitely going to do at some point. Um, I have fire emblem. You should let me know when you're going to do that. Cause that would be, it's probably going to be soon. Uh, I, cause I've been, <laughs> one of the things I didn't mention, on on the podcast, I am now. I, I don't think I mentioned on the podcast before. I'm completely free of Monster Hunter stories. I I no. maxed out the my team that I was looking for. I went in. I beat the last uh, the last challenge. It was very hard, uh, but I got through it. It was very exhilarating. It was right before Christmas, literally <laughs> like eleven. 11 something at night uh, on Christmas Eve. And it was the best gift I could have given myself because now I don't have to check my 3DS every two hours to send my monsters on another mission. Uh, so now my, my 3DS is free. And by free, I mean available to play Fire Emblem Awakening again. So I've been waiting and uh, I will I will play that probably as soon as I finish Blazing Sword. Um, I have Fire Emblem Fates down here. Uh, which comes after Awakening, but that probably be one that I won't get to. I just, I could, I like that game a lot, or I like those games a lot, all three of them. But, uh... With with these strategy games, let me ask you this really quick. So, like, would that be, like, a tactical game also? Would you consider Um, that? 
depends. What are you what are you thinking here? I guess I'm just trying to look for like like what would qualify or disqualify. Like there was a game uh I saw advertised uh earlier. I think it's an older game, but it's on Mac now. It's like on Mac mm-hmm. OS. Um it's called Shadow Tactics. And it's uh it looks to be like feudal Japan. That, but it's that a, name it's sounds a, familiar. Um I don't It's a hardcore tactical stealth game set in Japan around the Edo mm. game. Take control of a team of deadly specialists and sneak in shadows between dozens of enemies. Choose your approach when infiltrating mighty castles, snowy mountain, uh, monasteries, or hidden forest Ev- camps. Set traps. Posing. So everything that's on my list right now is a turn-based strategy game, or at least a mostly turn-based strategy game. Uh, so okay. I think that's probably where I'm going with this a little bit more. Uh, but, okay. I mean, a game that's not on this list that probably should be is Final Fantasy Tactics. That's a, that's a game I've never played before. Um, but I've yeah. always heard good things about it, and that's probably one I should play. Um, Would civilization be considered? It could, but probably won't be. Uh, it's that those those games seem fun, but that's this is this is really just an excuse for me to play a lot of Fire Emblem games, Bobby. That's that's all this is. <laughs> um, well deserved. I'm probably going to play Echoes again this year. Uh, I it was okay. a game that despite being somewhat disappointing, it was still a game that kind of stuck with me. And I've, I like those characters. It was, it was one of the, it was the first Fire Emblem game to be fully voice acted. And there's something really cool about enjoying that story with, with voice actors, especially when they're voice actors from games I like, like Persona 5 and recognize a lot of, a lot of the great voices from that. Uh, I bought tiny metal on my, on my switch and even though it has, uh, I haven't played it at all. I just downloaded it. Um, I, I don't think I'm going to like it. Uh, it's, it's so close to what I'm looking for out of an advanced war style game. Uh, but it has a couple of mechanics that I think were going to really frustrate me, but I still wanted to give it a shot anyway. So I've, I've got that on the list. Uh, war groove is coming out this year and that, that is the advanced wars, Fire Emblem uh, homage mashup one, right? thing that I'm super excited for. So that'll be coming to Switch. You know when that, that comes uh, out? It was supposed to be coming out late 2017. So it's been pushed to early 2018, but who knows what that is. I, it, hey, it's early 2018. Yeah, right it is. Like this this game should be coming out relatively soon. And man, I'm so excited for it. I That game needs to come out before Fire Emblem 2018 or it's or it's done. That's this is this is the time. This is the time to do it before Nintendo can, the time can is now. shut the door on that kind of stuff. Um, I've been playing Valkyria Chronicles, and despite my issues with it, I still want to get through it. I, I like the story that's being told there. I like a lot of the characters. I like a lot of the mechanics, and it's just a couple mechanics that are are bugging me. But uh, that that game's cool enough that I want to get through it because I also want to play Valkyria Chronicles. Chronicles 4 when it comes to Switch this year, and uh, and I'll try playing that as well. Uh, and then I might go back and play some old Advance Wars games too. I like those games a lot. Advance Wars 1, 2, and Dual Strike are all really, really good. And then... Um, That's totally fair. And then I only got two worlds into to Mario and Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. And I... I, I really hope you can finish that. I'd, I'd like to. 
I think that some of the my problem is that that game became a puzzle really quick instead of mm. a strategy game to me. Like I, it felt like I need to do this and then this and then this, and that's the only way to defeat these these enemies. Where I think right. a game like Fire Emblem or a game like like XCOM give you a little bit more uh, nuance to the way you build a strategy and you can, it was a little by the numbers for me, even, even if I really like those numbers uh, still that it was kind of by the numbers bugged me a little bit about Mario plus rabbits. And I felt like I started to come up with a winning strategy and then they would say, yeah, well, too bad. We're going to we're going to do this thing that totally screws over your potential strategy. And I understand that and I I get that that's supposed to be interesting for the player of hey now you have to engage with all of our mechanics or engage with our mechanics on a different level. But I I like building strong characters and and having them I don't know. It, it, that game was was not quite what I was looking for out of that style of a game, even if I think that what they did was was pretty darn cool. Uh, and and then the last yeah. one here is Fire Emblem 2018. We we don't know anything about that game, but but that is <laughs> probably my most anticipated game of 2018, uh, despite some stiff competition from some other really cool ass games. So that's that's what Strategy 18 is about. I I could totally write more things on here. Um, I. I know there's a lot of Fire Emblem stuff here, but uh, that's that's kind of where I am with some of these things. Like a lot of it is, I want to go back and play these old games uh, from the series that I just haven't engaged with, like uh, Blazing Sword, Binding Blade, and Sacred Stones specifically. Um, but I also want to go back and play some of my favorite games of all time, like Awakening. Well, there might be an opportunity here for you for at least playing some older games that might. Well, you said turn based, mm-hmm. right? Turn-based strategy, yeah. I guess, or turn-based. So one thing that I want to do is I'd like to play a new JRPG. Okay. And uh, I don't know if there's one of these that fits the mold for what you're doing. When you say a new JRPG, do you mean new to you or a, a JRPG that comes out in 2018? Um, I I would like to, to, if I could do both, that'd be great, but I would be happy with just a new okay. one to me. And um, there, there's one that's like really knocking on my door really hard. I don't know why I have such a strong curiosity and draw to it, but that is uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. Mm-hmm. And I, there's been some compelling things I've seen in favor for it. There's been some things I've seen that would say no to it. Um, there was a really neat little like three minute uh, narrative on that game on Reddit last night that it was really cool. Yeah, I I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before. I I want to like that game. I I I think, like you said, there are some really interesting things about that game, but it plays like an MMO, and I just don't like that at all. I can't I can't get past it. I've I tried playing the first Xenoblade right. Chronicles, and just hated that combat with a passion, and have more or less written that series off because of it. And and that's sad because I. I I think the worlds they build sound really interesting that you are on the backs of these right. these giant monsters and that's where these worlds take place. That sounds awesome to me. And 
Right. And I like the idea of the blade system in, in Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and having having these different weapons that do different things that I can switch to and like that that sounds interesting. It's really cool looking. And and I also from the little bit I've seen, like I like the voice cast a lot. It's it's very silly anime stuff, but also the voices are just out of left field. There's you know, British voices, there's uh, a Welsh person, uh, kind of like a Nino Cooney. And it just the, the voices that you don't expect from JRPG characters, and, and I think that's, that's really fascinating. And then there are also just characters with ridiculously giant breasts for no apparent reason. Well, <laughs> a very apparent reason, but for no uh, appropriate reason. And some of the writing is just super childish and I can, I can get by with some anime cheese. I've, I've done it in the past, but that, I don't know, man. I, if you want to play a new JRPG that you want me to get behind, I don't know if that's going to be the one. Oh, that's, that's fair. I'm, I'm really looking at like, Hey, could this be on the switch also? Yeah. Great. That's fair. I I know. (laughs) I I know the power of something being on the Switch. Like my first, obviously, my first thing that I would tell you to play is is Tokyo Mirage Sessions. From from how excited I was about that game, I would let you borrow my Wii U and that game just to play it. But I think it would be a much easier sell to you if they had a remake that was on Switch this year, which they should absolutely do. Uh, right, but yeah, that game's so good. Well, well, we'll talk about it. I mean, Fire Emblem Awakening is a JRPG in a way, so that's that's something that could fit yeah. in that mold for you. Fire Emblem 2018 is something that fits in that mold for you. Uh, we'll we'll find something. We'll, uh, okay. I I know you didn't finish it, but I really appreciated the college the old college try that you gave to Chrono Trigger uh, last year. Dude, so I that's so weird you say that. I was just looking. I'm looking through some list of things that might qualify and I got excited because I saw that that game was on sale for PlayStation mm-hmm. for five bucks. And I realized that it won't work on the PS4, but it's a PS3 uh, or a Vita. Right. So I was like, Oh shit, I could play that. Like I absolutely loved what I played with that game. Did not like the touchscreen for it. And the fact that any notification that I essentially would have to t- turn my phone on to airplane mode because anything would just like disrupt the game completely. And then, you know, you had to save that game the old fashioned right. way. This was not working. Out. And, and if you want to play something relatively new, I know that, um, that radiant Historia remake is coming for the three DS. That is a game that I have pre-ordered. <laughs> um, but like that okay. game is basically a take on uh, Chrono trigger. It's, it's a very similar style of a, this is an RPG about some time traveling stuff. And it's the there's there's something to that game. I, I never played the original on on DS, but the the 3DS version sounds pretty cool. So um, maybe that's when we could play play through together. Um, but we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. Well, that's that sounds like a good topic for another episode. Is just to talk about all the potential games that you could play, and then maybe deciding on one that you will. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, so 
Was there anything else as far as like some resolutions that we needed to talk about? Well, you have another one on here that I think is interesting and, and especially interesting based on the, the last one that you talked about. You have here, uh, play a SNES game each month. And, and I'm guessing that is born out of, of your purchase of a, Switch, of a Super Nintendo Classic. Yeah, so I got the Super Nintendo Classic when that came out. Uh, I was really struggling to play that because I didn't have the right setup for it with the controllers. I didn't have extensions. Uh, a company called 8BitTendo, yeah, that's how you say it. They just came out with uh, wireless controllers for the Super Nintendo Classic. Uh, they work really well, I think. And so we got two of those so my wife and I could play some Mario Kart and other games uh, co-op there on the couch. But there's a game on there that I've always wanted to play called Earthbound, and I started playing this game. Uh, it's fucking weird, man. That's a weird It really is. Game. That's um, a new JRPG. There's a lot of cool things. A new JRPG to you. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, so I could essentially say, like, hey, this could be it, but I, I'm going to let you help me I, be my guru for one. I, I don't think this is the one that you want to do that I agree, either. yeah. And so, um, but the idea is, is there's the wealth of games on that, that I haven't played through to their completion. So I'd like to try and play and beat a Super Nintendo game uh, every month. And uh, Earthbound is the one that I started for for January. And I don't know the length of that game, but I need to probably put some more time into it and stop playing <laughs> Well, we should all stop playing Destiny. Um, I would say of the games on the Super Nintendo Classic, that is one of the longer ones for sure. Um, I, I don't yeah. remember exactly how long it is, but that, uh, looks like it's about, 30 yeah, hours. it'll take you a decent amount of time, but <laughs> you could also beat Star Fox in a couple of, like not even a couple of hours, like an hour you could beat the original Star Fox. So like there, yeah. I, I think you're gonna, Check you're gonna box. find time that you can make up with some of those games. Uh, but if, yeah, if you're, if you're setting out to finish 12 SNES games in this year, I think you could absolutely do that. Uh, the, yeah. And, and you know what? I'll probably do some of them with you. Like there, there are some games that I'd love to go back to and try. Like I, I love Yoshi's Island. I would totally play that game again. And now that I have it on a convenient way of playing the original, the original untouched version, then yeah, I'll, I'll go back and do that. Um, after playing and loving A Link Between Worlds, part of me has wanted to go back and, and play A Link to the Past. And I've started that game a ton of times, and I've just, like all Zelda games, I've stopped midway through and then never came back. But Link Between Worlds on the 3DS was one that I finished and loved, so I, I feel like I have a better reverence for that world and and that style of game and maybe i can maybe i can get through a link to the past uh this time so uh yeah definitely uh we'll we'll talk about that on on future episodes as well of of what games you're gonna play and then maybe i can jump in and we can do kind of like a a gaming book club kind of thing with some of these yeah that'd be that'd be a lot of fun oh man so uh anything else that you wanted to add into that for resolutions or just button yeah i mean uh, they're just like a couple of games that i'm really excited about this year i obviously have talked about fire emblem 2018 that we know of but uh they're just 
some other big games for me. Uh, some really soon. Yeah. I, I know Dragon Ball Fighter Z is coming out on the 26th of this month. So that's that's so yeah. that's so soon. Um, even sooner than that is uh, Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth Hacker's Memory, which is not not a first game people would think of like, yeah, that's going to be a really great game in 2018. But uh, I... Are you playing that on your Vita or are you playing on I, PS4? I don't know yet. I think I'll probably end up playing on the PS4. I, I played the, uh, okay. the original Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth on my Vita and I had a really great time with that game. So uh, hearing some of the reviews that have come out of Japan, uh, this game seems to be getting some better scores than the last one did. So that's very encouraging. And I, I'm looking forward to giving that game a shot. It, it feels like an approximation of a Persona game with, with Digimon. And I, <laughs> that was an anime that I watched a lot as a kid. And I've, and I, I love a lot of those stupid characters so much. So that, that one's exciting to me. No, man. I, like, that's, that's what, two weeks from now? Yeah, the 19th. It's super soon. And that, that'll be a, a really great yeah. game to, to jump into and start out this year. Um, like, I talked about Valkyria Chronicles 4. Um, hopefully Dragon Quest XI comes out this year. Uh, it's a game that game sounds like it's awesome. <laughs> and I, I just want to try it. I wonder how many, how many versions will come out. Uh, it's got a 3DS version, a PS4 version, and a Switch version that are all apparently completely different from each other in terms of, uh, you know, play style, oh, like perspective of of how you play it. So uh, I don't. I honestly still don't know how what version I I would want. I mean, obviously I want the Switch version because I think that's the one I'd probably play the most. But the other ones sound pretty good right. too. Um, I know Project Octopath Traveler is coming out this year. I, I played that demo, and even though I had some problems with it, I, I think that game is is very exciting. And if they tweak some of those things, that could be really good. Uh, War Groove, I mentioned, very excited about that. Um, and then, I mean, there's some obvious ones too, like like the Shadow of the Colossus remake. That that'll be great. Uh, Far Cry Five, I'm interested in looking at. Uh, Anthem is something that I'm going to keep an eye on. Crackdown 3, hopefully, uh, is good. My fingers are firmly crossed on that one. Uh, But here's, I'll leave you with a weird one, and that is Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition. Did you ever play Kentucky Route Zero? So, I never played Kentucky Route Zero. Is this the one that they showed, um, was this at E3, where it had the wrestler guy? I don't believe so. I don't know if I know what you're talking about. I, I might be really screwing this up. Okay. Kentucky Route Zero is uh, an episodic game that came for came to Steam a couple years ago. And uh-huh. I played the first couple of of chapters of it. I think there's five really pretty five looking. acts to it, I think. Maybe only four. It's gorgeous. It has a really amazing sound, really amazing look. Uh, it's it's kind of a text. I mean, it's kind of a, a adventure. I mean, it's absolutely an adventure game, uh, but it's it's very weird and and reflective. And I liked it a lot. I just never. I, I played the first two acts, I think, and and then didn't play the third one. 
But uh, now that that game is coming as a full package on Switch, I think that's probably how I will will play all of that game. Uh, and is it April when? It's uh, I, I don't think it has an actual release date yet. I, it just says 2018 from what I saw. But uh, okay, I, I think as a person, I think you would probably like Kentucky Route Zero a lot. Um, it oh, reminds yeah. me of Oxenfree in a way, which is a game I know you very much enjoy. Uh, and I bought I bought that yeah. game on Switch when it was cheap when you told me about it. So, uh, <coughs> like the five dollar yeah, one, I, I will probably play Oxenfree as well. But uh, I think Kentucky Route Zero is a is a game that Bobby Pease would enjoy a lot. So that's that's kind of my. I can one. tell you just from the look of it, I'm I'm down. I will play the shit yeah, out of that it's, game. It's it's cool. What uh what from 2018 are you uh, most excited about? Uh, obviously, Red Dead Redemption Two is is a big one for you. I, I've heard you talk a lot about Red that. Dead Redemption Two. Uh, I found out this before we recorded about Owlboy. I had no idea that was coming to the Switch and those consoles. So uh, that's February for fe- for February at least. Uh, that I've never played Shadow of Colossus, so this will be my first time playing that game, and I'm very excited yeah. about that. Um, you know I'm. I'm really hopeful for games like Red Dead Redemption. I think the new Spider-Man game is going to be a ton of fun. Like I, I have always enjoyed Spider-Man games. I think there's a lot of fun to be had in them. Uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, God of War. Obviously, like I would, I'm hoping fingers crossed for something for The Last of Us. Um, that might be shot in the dark, but I think. I think that I'm pretty hyped up for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd love to see from Nintendo. Um, obviously, like I've I've only played Pokemon Blue, Red. Like I could play these other Pokemon games, but I think that I want to play one on the Switch. So I'm waiting for that. Um, obviously, Fire Emblem is a game that I'm very curious about mm-hmm. as well. I'm I am uh, very hopeful for Far Cry. Like I think. If, you know, if if you're looking at 2017, outside of Nintendo, um, you look at EA as what you don't want to do. I gotta say, like you look at, at Ubisoft as like a pretty good example of having a great year. Like they had a really really strong year, and I think what they're trying to do with Far Cry, which is a series that I really enjoy, and where they're bringing it, and what like I want them to commit to it. Like what I'm seeing them do right now, like what these ideas are, they're floating around. Like fucking own it, commit to it, don't hold back. Yeah, I, I mean, I loved three and four. Felt very much more of the same and very safe. So right. uh, I'm with you. I I I want five to be good, but I want it to be different. I want it to be very different. And in terms of tone, in terms of bringing to the United States, in terms of uh, the stuff that is maybe a little on the nose for the way the country's been going lately. Um, yep. Like that, that is a step in the right direction. It's also a, a very dangerous step for them, a very risky step of like they, if you're going to do that, you got to nail it. And I, I've been of two minds of how they've been presenting that game so far, because it does seem like the story stuff is very, uh, this this is what America is or could be, and you know, scary oh, stuff. God. And then and then you get to the thing, and it's all 
yeehaw, we're going to shoot some shit, guys. Like, I'm going to call in my buddy and we're going to go, you know, run this run this four-wheeler into this dude. And I'm like, yeah, cool, emergent, emergent gameplay kind of stuff. But those two don't mix very easily. I, it's You look at a game like Wolfenstein 2 this year that, that did it well, but that's a rarity right. uh, these days. So Far Cry 5 could be very, very good, but it could also be tonally very off-putting, I imagine. Completely. Uh, Darksiders 3, uh, I'm really excited about that. Uh, Crackdown 3, eh, like I'm, I'm not super excited right now. I, I want it to be good, but... It, it's it tough. Like After Crackdown 2 being such a letdown, and then what we've heard from Crackdown 3 of being delayed and being delayed and supposedly you know going to launch with the Xbox One X and then didn't, uh, I... I want that game to be good, and I just don't know if it will be, but I'm still kind of holding that hope. Yeah, I wouldn't pre-order that game, is uh, what I'm saying. Yeah. Mega Man 11 looks really cool. Yeah, like those... those it's, that cel-shaded art style. It's interesting. Really That's, uh, I think they did pretty good job, a pretty good job with 9 and 10, uh, all things considered, and 11 is definitely a new kind of thing, but... Uh, could, it could be cool. Like I, I've always enjoyed Mega Man, despite uh, not loving that genre of game or loving that difficult part of the game. But it's a cool setting. It's a cool character. I, I like. I like the idea of Mega Man a lot. The the other one uh, is the Last Night, and uh, that's yep. You know, there's a lot of controversy <laughs> around that game, but it looks so good looks so good yeah and i'm really curious yep. about that yeah it could it could be a really good so. year in games uh i i think it could be a better year than 2017 was for sure i you probably do not feel quite the same since like two of your all-time favorite games came out last year but uh it's gonna be a tough year to beat and you know i'm okay with that like i had my time i'm excited for other people to have a great year and uh, I'm going to benefit from that as well. It might not be, you know, 2017, but 2018 is going to be a good year for me for sure. Sounds good. Um, for us though, like for the casual hours, some things that we hope to do in 20, 2018, we want to continue to put out some content every week for you guys. We want to be a bit more engaged with our audience and try and find out a little bit more about what you guys are up to or what you want to hear about. So look for us to be uh, sourcing some more information from you guys through polls and maybe some messages and stuff like that on social networking. We might even be offering you guys some really cool stuff uh, for the casual hour if you're so inclined to pick that up. Uh, one thing that I, I think that we've talked about since the show's been going on is we're definitely going to try and get more active in St. Louis with some of the, the gaming uh, community and what the, what's happening here. But we'd love to go to a place like PAX and be out there to meet with some of you folks and do something like that. So I think that that's going to happen this year where there's going to be a trip with the casual hour either going east or west. Um, one of those two directions to see some people, but uh, yeah, we want to get a little bit more involved with those of you who are taking time to listen to our show, which we very much appreciate having an opportunity to, to come in and do this. Um, Chase, I know that you also have another podcast and you got, got a lot of great things that happened in 2017. I anticipate 
really great things to that show, Gamers on the Go, in 2018. Anything on the horizon you can talk about? Uh, nothing at the moment, but uh, after we do, it, it happens every year. After I do my Game of the Year show, uh, inevitably somebody brings up, uh, or on that on that episode, somebody brings up a game that gets me excited or, or at least intrigues me in a way where that usually determines what the next episode's about. Uh, and oh, yeah. and I had a couple of those this year where people just brought up a game and I'm like, I did I didn't even know about that thing that came out of left field, and now yeah. I'm interested and and want to hear more. So, um, I've got a few games like that and a few people that I can talk to about uh, coming on. So hopefully there'll be a new episode relatively soon. Um, but I'll, I'll let you know, nice. and you can go to gamersonthego.com yeah. to uh, to learn. More about that, or just go back and listen to some of our old episodes. Uh, the Game of the Year one, I think, went pretty darn well, so that would be that'd be one to check out. Nice, man. Well, we're really thankful to have that perspective here on the show, uh, and a lot of the gamers that are on the go with the Switch nowadays. Like, I know benefit from it myself included in that camp. I am now one yeah. of you. I am a gamer. I still haven't done an episode on a Switch game. Like, I've done. I mean, I've done episodes on games that now are on the switch like steamworld heist but uh i i haven't right. done a switch game yet so uh, i'm that is something i will definitely be doing in 2018 because uh, i absolutely count the switch as a handheld system so that'll that'll be showing up on the show at some point for sure nice um, well, if you'd like to get in touch with us and tell us a little bit about the games that you're looking forward to or if there's a game that we mentioned that you are extremely excited about please feel free to shoot us an email. You can do so by going, emailing thecasualhour at gmail.com. Uh, you can go to our website, which is thecasualhour.com slash contact and fill out a form there. You can message us, direct message us on Twitter. We are at the casual hour. We're also on Instagram. Uh, if you wanted to have a conversation there about what we're up to, uh, we are the casual hour on Instagram. Also, um, on the more visual notes, you probably will notice a fresh coat of paint if this is your first time opening the app up in 2018 for the casual hour. We fine-tuned a little bit about what we started last year. We started a rebranding of the show and wanted to change up a little bit about what we were doing and how we looked. And this is a refinement in 2018 of that. And so, um, again, just continually trying to do some things to keep things fresh and new for us and our what we have to look at every week. And then hopefully for you guys out there also. But in the meantime, uh, please reach out to us. Give us a like anywhere you can on social networking. And if you feel like you can leave us a review, we'd love to hear how we're doing in your perspective. Chase, uh, 2018, man, you made it. You're, it's your gear. Oh, yeah. And the more things change, the more they stay the same. This was a long episode. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Well, guys, thanks for sticking through with us, and we'll talk to you next week.